So Jono and I, I can remember um, there was a, there's a very clear moment where we said, you know, um, if we're going to go ahead and do this when it's on, it's, it's on. And so we, we made that decision and, and we said we're dedicating the next years of our lives to doing this and, and that's what we did. Uh, so we quit our jobs and we were all in. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring and supporting entrepreneurs to make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional partner of Virgin Startup, providing startup funding, mentoring, and support. Each episode features the stories from two entrepreneurs at different stages in their journey who talk us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hayes, who are the number one recruiting experts in the UK. Whether you're searching for your perfect job or looking to scale your business by building the perfect team, go to hayes.co.uk, quoting Startup You. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. I would like to welcome you to episode 040 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, and on today's show, I speak to Tim Fung, founder of Airtasker, an online marketplace that allows people to outsource chores and errands to people in their local community. Airtasker was founded in 2012 in Australia, now has over a million members, and is launching in the UK in 2018. So if you're looking to make extra cash by completing tasks from the practical, such as shifting furniture... To the outrageously decadent, such as paying someone to wait in line to buy you the latest iPhone, then listen up. On today's episode, Tim and myself speak about a whole bunch of different things from raising finance to building a team. Let's start up. Tim, you you and your co-founders started this um, Airtasker back in 2012, is that correct? Yes, we uh, we launched the business in March 2012. So how the hell in five years do you get two million users and I, I believe something like nearly a million um, community-wide um, using service? Uh, so I think uh, the, the important thing to say there is I think that as an entrepreneur, it's just been about um, throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And so importantly, there hasn't really been any um, silver bullet um, that we could say that was the one thing that led to success. I yeah. would say ours is a story of just um, of just uh, working really hard over, over a large number of years and, and chipping away at growth. Um, and, you know, fortunately, um, over the previous years, um, that's brought about some, um, some good growth, but definitely it was not an easy and, you know, uh, viral journey. No, no, no. There are no overnight success stories. I've, I've come to the conclusion, having spoken to, you know, millionaires, billionaires, you know, you name it, none of them are an overnight success story. For sure. Um, and what I love is that your your mission sounds really simple. Uh, we're here to make people's lives better, um, creating a way to connect people ready to work with people who need work done. Um, does that, Has that differed very much? From when you set out what you planned to do back in 2012, was that pretty much stayed pretty clear the whole length of the journey thus far? Well, when we started, um, so the, the idea for Adasky came about in 2011 when I was moving apartments. And I, I asked one of my mates, um, Ivan, to come over and, and help me move because he, he runs a, um, a chicken nuggets uh, factory. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a truck that he uses to do deliveries. Um, and so that really got us thinking about this idea of like, why do we ask our family and friends to do all of these 
a job when um, you know there's so many people across the world who are looking to earn your money by doing these kind of jobs and so um, it really did start out as um, you know a service we thought really helped consumers but over the over the years as we um, started to build out the Atasca community we realized the impact that we were having on um, on the people who were earning money on our platform mm-hmm. that was really profound so we actually did a staff survey um, earlier um, this year and we realized that everyone was so passionate about uh, doing the right thing by um, by workers and, and helping them um, to earn money. Um, so we've actually realigned our entire business um, early this year around empowering people to realize the value of their skills. And, you know, I can say that with a straight face because mm-hmm. uh, the interest of our business too, the more money that we can help people earn, uh, the more the more money that, that we earn as a business too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. I mean, we're, we're all about helping people um, – you know, do what they want to do, what gives them pleasure. So if they're in a job that they don't like, you know, exactly look at something that you guys offer and, and do something that you love doing that that, uh, that empowers you to, to get out of that job. Absolutely. Um, and it, it seems to be very much a classic move of, of recognizing a problem, experiencing that problem, and then and going out and, and building a solution for that problem. For sure. I mean, I think that's the only way that you can actually build a good product is for you to actually have empathy with, um, your customers and empathy with with the community that you're building. Um, so that's something that we we focused on from the beginning is really um, trying to improve the customer experience, um, and we were able to do that because we knew what it felt like. Mm. And what were the the first steps that you did to actually um, get both sides of the coin going? I suppose that the people who were um, looking for a solution to that problem and connecting them with people who could actually help out and, and do that job that they were looking to get done. Well, we make the analogy of, of starting a two-sided marketplace um, to, to starting a nightclub. Um, and it's, uh, I guess uh, for some people, it's a bit of a humorous analogy. But basically, we think that there are three elements that you need um, to, to build a, a good marketplace or, or a good nightclub. Um, so I think um, the, the first one is you need to get the product right. Um, so in a nightclub, you've got to make sure that the, the drinks are great. Um, you know, your bartenders are well-trained. Um, you've got um, a great fit out uh, for your venue. Uh, the second thing you need to work on is PR. So you need to make sure that um, everybody knows about your nightclub and that, um, you know, they're all saying that, you know, that's the place to be on Friday night. Um, and then the third thing you need is people. And uh, when it comes to starting a nightclub, you've got to make sure that the people inside your club are the cool people who um, other people want to hang out with. Yeah. And you can't just have 10 people there. You kind of need to have a thousand people there really, really quickly. Um, and I guess the challenge of starting a two-sided marketplace is that all three of those things need to happen on day one. Um, and so that involved a lot of um, a lot of running around from from me and my co-founder Jono, um, which included doing doing everything from, um, of course, working on on development, uh, working on, on on marketing and acquisition, and uh, where required, actually doing a lot of the tasks ourselves. Mm. And and what are the backgrounds from from yourself and any co-founder, John? Either of you from a technical background or a marketing background? For sure. So, um, Jono um, uh, was uh, an IBM um, an IBM product manager. So, had um, a lot of experience in, in building out technical products and, and the operations that come around with that. Um, so, he was at IBM, and then we both um, 
And then I was from um, a, an investment banking uh, background, but also worked in, in marketing at, in talent representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then together, we were actually part of a, the founding team of a company called Amazim, um, which is a mobile, um, a low-cost mobile SIM provider in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was where I guess we cut our teeth and, and learned from, from some great founders um, before starting Airtasker. Okay, and how? Assuming to start with, you you would have needed a, a bunch of developer developers and a support team, um, you know, let alone all the other roles. Um, so how did you go about funding that from from day one? Did you start off with savings from from family and friends, or did you go out straight away and, and try and raise some some finance? So um, we we raised um, we we put in a bunch of our own money um, to start the business and to to engage a, a development team and um, one of the, the great things was we had a lot of experience in working with with a number of development teams so we found a great group of guys um, you know in a, in the back alley of a of a um, of Sydney and and um, engaged those guys to build the first version of the app and it was really it was pretty cool like it was um, you know not a fancy glossy agency it was very much um, six guys in a room who who were um, who were really really good software engineers, um, and so we we actually um, didn't kind of say, hey agency, go and build this for us. We actually went and sat in their office uh, for about eight weeks and 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 got the build done. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, you know, when you're starting a marketplace, you really do need capital. Um, it's it's kind of akin to building out um, infrastructure like a telco or a highway or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we raised about one million Australian dollars right off the bat, um, and um, that was um, it was good for two reasons. One is it allowed us to to resource our team to the tune of about six or seven guys across product marketing and engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the other thing that it did is it really um, painted us into a corner. You know, when you raise money, you have um, you know, a huge amount of responsibility and there's no real way out except up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think um, that was actually, in, in hindsight, um, a massive blessing for us to have that pressure um, to just keep, uh, keep fighting and, and, and making sure that what we did um, got some traction or to go down, um, at least to go down fighting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And assuming, like you said, you, you, you both did a lot of those jobs yourself to start with. Were you both still working in daytime jobs, or did you go all in straight away? No, I think that's a, another thing is that um, I think you do have to go all in. Um, and again, that's kind of similar to, the, um, to that question around uh, whether you would um, – you know, uh, raise a bunch of money or, or not. Mm. Um, I think it is really important to sort of jump out of the plane and then find a way to get to the get to the ground. Um, and, and so, Jono and I, I can remember um, there was a there's a very clear moment where we said, you know, um, if we're going to go ahead and do this when it's on, it's it's on. And so we we made that decision and, and we said we're dedicating the next years of our lives to doing this, and, and that's what we did. Uh, so we quit our jobs and we were all in. Well, wow. awesome. And, and did you give yourselves um, a timeline to, to, to get it done? Uh, well, I think we uh, one of the things, and perhaps naively, we were fairly optimistic about um, our journey um, before we launched at least. Yeah. Um, so it was very much a case of, um, you know, we didn't think about the end point. Um, you know, we just thought about what, what's going to come up next. And I think that's another thing that, that I think is good uh, for, for a startup founder is, you know, you should have this kind of um, north star that you are chasing, but really, what's important is what's coming up in the next, you know, one, two, three months. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and, and how does it differ if you, if you can remember back that what what kind of jobs you wanted to do when you when you were a boy growing up? 
Uh, well, I think it's uh, definitely I did not um, uh, plan to be a person who was running an online marketplace that, that connects people together to do tasks. <laughs> no. um, you know, I think um, uh, I kind of thought, you know, maybe I'd be a Formula One driver uh, or maybe, um, you know, one of these other um, athletes, but uh, that didn't turn out to be uh, the case. Yeah. And, and how has your role changed um, since since you scaled the business and, and Jono's as well? Uh, so it's been it's been a really really good journey for me as you know um, the CEO of a startup. I think that you know when you start out, um, you, you literally just do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So you know uh, whether it's completing tasks yourself, whether it's uh, making sure that you've got an office, uh, whether it's hiring. You know, there's so many things that have to happen. Um, then in the second stage, I think it, it became um, it became a real focus on customer acquisition um, as the CEO. So it was like, great, we've got a product. We need to get as many people as we can using it, mm-hmm. uh, which was really important. Like, you know, when you build a marketplace or a social network, um, the other users are the main part of the product. So you have to get that uh, ramping. Um, then from there, um, we, we moved into more of a product focus. So my job became um, ensuring that for the users that we have, that we could actually create a really, really strong customer experience to ensure that that's uh, growing on at a scalable level. Um, but now as you know, uh, we're sort of five and a half years into the business and, and we've raised about um, $60 million of business. It's very much about building out a company. And that means how do you empower um, your team um, to be able to continue doing what you have done along the journey? Uh, and that's proving to be, you know, an amazingly um, challenging um, thing to, to do. Yeah. And, and, and can you give us a couple of the um, tips or some of the insights that you guys had where you, where you had the most success when, you, when you're trying to build that community? Because it's something that every, every entrepreneur, whether you've got a bricks and mortar business or an online business that they're, that they're trying to achieve. Well, I think what's absolutely critical is you really need to know um, who you are and what you want to achieve. And I know it sounds something that's really, really simple and you know, it's so obvious, um, but actually, um, I think a lot of people don't have complete clarity on who, um, you know, what is their company and what is the mission statement of that company. And so we've invested a huge amount of time um, in, in, in really um, consolidating what is because when you have a team of, you know, whether it's five people, 20 people or, or thousands of people, um, what you really need to do as a founder is ensure that everyone's aligned on the as you, um, because if you can do um, then everything you know, is going to push in the right direction. Mm. Um, so I would say that that's probably my biggest piece of advice is really invest into that mission statement and the values of your business um, so that you can align together. Very good. And um, during the last um, five, five, six years for you guys, um, how do you, if you, did you set yourselves a target of, of how many users you, you wanted to reach and, and has that surprised you how, how quickly you've managed to, to get to those numbers? Uh, well, I think that when we started the business, we would have been, you know, if, if someone had told you, oh, you're going to business for $5 million or $10 million, you would be like, oh, that, that's amazing. Let's go, let's go yeah. do this. Um, what tends to happen is that whenever you sort of reach a milestone, that simply becomes the, the baseline the next um, journey that you're going to go on. Yeah. And so I, I kind of, one of the things that I'm finding is I, I'm sure that, you know, the guys at, at SpaceX or at Google or at Facebook, you know, they don't kind of sit there in their, their sun chairs and go, 
hey, aren't we successful? Isn't this just great? Um, I'm sure that they're thinking about their own problems and what they need to do next to, to reach the next level of their journey. So one thing is I think that, um, you know, most founders will tell you that you never feel that you've reached any success per se or, or anything like that. It's literally just unlocking the opportunity to go and solve the next problem. Yeah. And, and has there been a moment on the journey where you've thought this is no longer a startup, this can support me, this can support my, my family in the future, etc. Um, not, not that you've made it because I know I've having spoken to so many founders, nobody ever thinks they've, they've made it, but has there been a moment when you thought, actually, this is, this is no longer just a startup. This is, you know, serious business that, um, that, that I can make, you know, my, my legacy, for example. Well, one of the cool things was that, um, you know, when we started the business, we obviously took massive, massive pay cuts. Um, you know, we just, we still did pay ourselves because we were funded. Um, but um, when I reached um, back um, to the salary that I had before I joined a startup, that was definitely a milestone to go, yes, <laughs> to where I was um, three years ago before all of this, um, all of this pain started. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely um, a good thing. But I guess um, whilst there hasn't been any one moment, I would say when I, you know I've had a moment of clarity or anything. Certainly along the journey, we've started to realise that what Airtask is doing is something that um, I think will keep me challenged for the rest of my life. Um, so um, certainly, you know, there's so much to be done. I think there's um, you know it's a huge responsibility to be. Um, being a participant in, in um, changing the future of work. And we definitely want to have a positive impact on that. So um, I think I'm going to be here for a long time and, and, it, and it will be something that um, is a big part of my life. And um, obviously based in um, in Australia, but I'm speaking to you in the UK. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about um, what you're doing over here and, and what you're excited about right now, Tim? Sure. So, um, you know, we, we, uh, we have a value which is it's on it's on which basically means when we decide to go do something we, we're going to go do it so um we're committed to to um, launching air task uh, uh, here in london um and uh that's going to be happening in q1 of, of 2018 which is you know um, only about eight weeks away now so yeah. uh, something that's um uh, uh pretty imminent um, so yeah, it's a, it's a long flight from Sydney, but, uh, we're going to be out here, um, and operating, um, uh, very, very soon. And, uh, we've started building out a team here, um, led by our country manager, Lucas London. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're fully committed to, to launching soon. Fantastic. So that's, that's 2018 scoped out for you. And do you, the plan for you to, to stay out here for a little bit and then shoot back to Australia? Yeah, so I'm going to be I'm going to be enjoying the lovely 30 hour uh, flights uh, between Sydney and, and London. I'd say um, every couple of weeks. Right. Um, so I've become an expert in uh, the food that they uh, they order and you know the the airline timeline. I'm sure. Very good. Um, and and meanwhile, what Jono's back in Australia looking after business back there. Uh, so we actually, um, you know, we've got a we do have a leadership team now. So we've got a, a great group of people across product engineering, uh, people operations um, back in Sydney. So um, thankfully, I can um, I can be out of the office for for a while and 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 know that the engine is still running, which is uh, which is great. But actually, my co-founder Jono is um, is now based in Singapore. Um, oh wow! And, okay, uh, he's still in the uh, non-executive director at Airtasker, but. Um, but uh, due to some family issues, had to be over in Singapore. Um, so, yeah, not um, you know some of those uh, you know some of that family issues are 
not the most positive, um, you know, a bit, bit upsetting, right. but um, but certainly still a, a positive part of the Airtasker journey. Great. Well, we wish him all the best. And for people looking out for, for Airtasker in, in 2018, um, can you give a, a brief overview of the, the type of um, tasks that um, people would be looking to, to get done? For sure. So, I mean, there's some there's some very common uh, everyday jobs, whether it's cleaning and gardening and handyman services. But I guess the really cool thing about Airtasker is that it's a demand-driven open marketplace. Um, and I know that's a little bit of jargon, but I'll explain what that means, <laughs> which is that really customers um, can ask for whatever they want and they can create any job that they want okay. uh, for, for people to complete. Um, so whether that's getting a drone out of a tree or whether it's writing a poem for your anniversary, or whether it's making a Halloween costume for you, um, Airtasker really enables people to um, acquire those services, which um, aren't really available on any of those sort of traditional supply-driven marketplaces where people say, this is what you can have, and you can only have what we offer um, and nothing else. Um, Airtasker starts the other way around. I was going to say that there must be some pretty obscure jobs out there. I saw one like you know paying somebody to, to queue to get your new uh, iPhone X, for example. <laughs> For sure. I mean, you know, and it gets, it gets even more quirky than that. You know, we've got some Game of Thrones fans who say, you know, can you make a, a date night um, themed uh, Game of Thrones? So, you know, like we've got all sorts of stuff that are up there. But the cool thing about this is there's just nowhere else you can go for these kind of services. You know, there isn't a Game of Thrones date night themer um, that's available. But Airtasker unlocked the community. Brilliant. Um, and and who, do you, who do you see? Um, you see that, yeah, so no one offering that kind of stuff, but who, who do you see as the sort of biggest challenge that you've got in the, in the UK marketplace? Well, I would say for sure our biggest challenge is sort of inspiring people. Um, so, you know, if you kind of imagine uh, what the breadth of opportunity is, um, it, it's definitely about kind of um, the challenges to inspire people to, you know, rather than leaving something not done, or not uh, being able to find a service is inspiring them to think, hey, about Airtasker because that's a way you can get something done. Mm. Um, I think uh, there's so much about competition. Uh, certainly that's not the biggest thing that we're thinking about because it's such a big opportunity um, and it, 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 uh, there's no player that has any kind of scale at the moment. Okay, okay, cool. Um, and just, just to finish off, I know we're, we're coming up to time now, um, but what motivates um, Tim right now and, and into 2018 and into the future? Well, I think definitely um, the, the mission statement of, of helping people to empower the realize of this, to empowering people to realize the value of their skills is, is, is what's the main inspiration for me getting out of bed um, every morning. And, and whether that's um, by helping to grow the Airtasker community or even when it's internally in our own team of 120, helping those people to, um, to make the most of, uh, of their skills. So do look out for Tim Fung launching Airtasker in the UK in early 2018. Looking to get Tim to speak at one of our live Screw It, Just Do It events in the spring of 2018 as well, uh, which I'll let you know more of as and when. Um, As I did mention in the last podcast, um, we now have a whole bunch of live events for Screw It, Just Do It. All you need to do is go on Eventbrite and search Startup U. And you'll see a list of Screw It, Just Do It live events. Bournemouth, 
on the 23rd of January. The first one um, in Bournemouth and the first one in Brighton is on the 17th of January. And we've got multiple locations in the UK that I'm massively looking forward to, including Manchester in March, Southampton, Essex, Buckinghamshire, Liverpool and beyond um, with the potential of international events too for our international audience, which makes up a huge part of this show. So a couple of points that Tim mentioned. Um, One that I'm hugely in favour of, empowering your team. So showing them once how to do it and then getting them to do it in its most basest form uh, rather than you doing the task yourself all the time. Um, you know, yes, people make mistakes as long as they're not making the same ones over and over again, then you can't discourage that. So I'm a huge fan of empowering your team. Something that Tim said himself, he's finding the most challenging um, task in his inbox. Um, also great one, have having a one to two month plan. Yes, three, five, 10 year plans, but being aware of what's on your immediate radar, what's right in front of you coming up is absolutely key. Um, We can all have our goals, but they rarely go in a straight line. They can often zigzag. Um, But as long as you're aware of rights in front of you, you can keep your hand on the tiller and and try and steer as straight a course as possible. Uh, Last one, you know, love the fact that he had a problem which he then solved hence Airtasker, but um, key to their business, having empathy with their customers, seeing things from their point of view and therein working out how to build that community by having empathy with them. If you don't, how are you going to build a community? So I hope you really enjoyed that and I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and looking forward to a really exciting new year. I certainly am. Um, As I said, loads of great plans coming up, including our live events and also um, looking to build our own community here at Screw It, just do it from the the last six months of hosting this podcast. Um, As a wrap, I'd love to know who your favorite interview was in 2017. Just go to the Screw It, Just Do It page on iTunes and or Spotify and let me know who your favorite was, whether that was Richard Reed, whether that was Ray Kelvin, whether that was Steve Bartlett, Jimmy Cregan, these are all off the top of my head, uh, Pippa Murray, whichever ones that might be, Jamal Easel, last week's one of my favorite, if not the favorite as well. So um, do let me know. And secondly, let me know who you'd love me to interview in 2018. So tweet at Alex Chisnell or email alex at startupu.co.uk. If you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. That's startupu with the letter U. From there, you'll be able to see what live events we've got coming up and book a ticket from as little as £5, which includes a complimentary drink and the opportunity to network with like-minded entrepreneurs. Hope to see you soon. If you're an entrepreneur looking for funding, mentoring or support, go to startupu.co.uk. And if you'd like to share your startup story, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to the contact page on startupu.co.uk and we'll be in touch. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and I'd love it if you left me a review of the show. To connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at Alex Chisnell. 
Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be just right. Action always beats intention. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter. Thank you.